Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Politics by Faith, brought to you by the Public Square app and Patriot Gold Group. I'm Mike Slater. Thank you for being here. Today is going to be an unpopular version of politics by faith but that's okay i think everything i'm saying is true so we'll see how it goes if you think i'm wrong please i'm happy to accept any criticism please let me know where you think i'm wrong we are going to talk about trump's indictment sort of here's why i think it's worth taking a risk to do this episode i don't want you to be taken out you are on a mission I do not want your knees cut out from under you. And I don't want any of us taken out by our own bad decisions. I want you to be above reproach. It's a term we'll talk about later. I want you to one day be accused of something and for everyone in your circle of existence to say, never, no way, impossible, not a chance. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You must have the wrong person. That's, there's no possible way that that accusation you're making is true. People's lives can be destroyed because of external things that can happen out of nowhere. And I don't know if there's any number on this, but I feel like most people's downfalls are self-destructive. And you watch the downfall and you think, oh, that's just a lot of bad decisions over a long period of time. And of course, it could have ended no other way. If you're going to make those bad decisions then this is where it ultimately will end. So before we get going here, a couple of disclaimers. First, I think I have three disclaimers. First, multiple things can be true at the same time. People are not very comfortable with that. Human beings are not for some reason, especially in politics. We're very tribal. And anything seen as a criticism at all is a deep betrayal. So the challenge today, because we're all adults, is to see if we can hold multiple things to be true at the same time. We'll say second disclaimer, you right now listening to this, you are not in a tribe. It's just you and me talking. I have a book. It's a, more of a pamphlet. I wrote it a couple of years ago. It's called how to change someone's mind. 
one of the points I make is if you are truly interested in changing someone's mind on an issue, you cannot do it in a group of people. If you're in front of a group of people, it cannot be done because that person will not keep their mind open because it's too vulnerable. Everyone's watching. And if they admit that, oh, wow, you made a good point, it means I'm losing the argument and I'm wrong and I'm a bad person and I can never let that be seen. So if you want to change someone's mind on something, it has to be in a one-on-one -on -one conversation. But a fascinating thing happens when we talk politics, when we consume political news, no matter where we are, we react to it as if we are in a group of people, as if we are in our tribe and there's a bunch of people around us, but we're not. Most of the time when you consume politics, you're sitting on your couch watching TV <laughs> or right now, whatever you're doing right now, you're not in a group of people. Like there's no one else hears this right now. It's just you and me. So it's okay right now in this podcast to think things without fearing that people are judging you or are mad at you or like you're betraying them. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So if we were in, let's say we were, uh, let's say we were at a Trump rally and I was making a point here and it was against Trump and you have your MAGA hat on and the whole thing and everyone else does. And you say, yeah, you're right. That was bad of Trump. There's a, there's a risk in that. You got a whole bunch of other Trump people are like, you're betraying him, us, blah, blah. It's like a whole thing. That's not the case right now. It's just you and me. You're cleaning your house or getting ready for bed or whatever, whatever it is. You're driving down the street. It's just you and me right here. No other people. Third disclaimer. There is such thing as Trump derangement syndrome. No question about it. It is fascinating to see. There's also uh, something like a Trump, uh, I don't know, Obsession syndrome or Trump delusion syndrome or Trump infatuation syndrome. I don't know what the best word was. Glenn Beck said that he made this great point the other day on Tucker show. He said, Trump has become a symbol for the little guy getting hosed. And he's a symbol for the system actively trying to destroy you. Right? So the system's destroying you, but they're not caring at all about the other guy over there who's breaking the law. I One of my buddies the other day, he got a uh, red light camera ticket and it was in LA and he's rolled on red, right? He didn't come to a complete stop. So he got a, he's on camera and right the whole thing. And they send you the pictures of you cruising through the red light. And it's 500 bucks. And in the background, just total chaos with homelessness. Homelessness everywhere, encampments, garbage, down, up and down the entire sidewalk, in the street, just total madness over there. My buddy got charged 500 bucks. Homeless people, nothing. That's just an example that was off the top of my head. My buddy told me that just yesterday. So you get the idea, right? That Trump is the symbol for the system going after you, but not that other person over there. Uh, January Sixers, they're in jail. Black Lives Matter rioters, they're getting paid out settlement money from the cities that arrested them. Philadelphia, New York, a couple others. Class action lawsuits. People who got arrested are getting $26,000. It's like an apology. These are Black Lives Matter rioters. January Sixers, they're in the slammer. Trump is a symbol for that. Now that can be true. That can resonate with you. And he's also a person. He's a flawed human being. I guess to go back to the first disclaimer, we need to be able to hold both those truths at the same time. But the problem is when someone you really like resonates with you, we tend to make that person a part of our identity and then we glorify and deify them. 
We saw it with Obama, certainly. You know men's fitness named Barack Obama? One of the 25 fittest men in America. <laughs> what? What do you mean? He won the Nobel Peace Prize when he'd only been president for eight months and did nothing. So we are in an era where we deify politicians. And I don't think that's right. None of these politicians are the second coming. And we got to stop acting like they are and stop wanting them to be. So anyway, enough disclaimers. Um, the left is so deranged when it comes to their Trump hatred. Uh, that doesn't mean we need to all be enchanted. That's the opposite of deranged, maybe, right? Like They're deranged. That doesn't mean we need to be, oh. All right, so we're good. And should I have started off with, I voted for Trump twice enthusiastically, enthusiastically, at the risk of many a friendship and family, and would vote for him again still. Do I need to say that again? And we're all friends here. On today's episode, we're going to talk about one of the things about Donald Trump's indictment that is rarely talked about, and that is sex. The other day, I put on Instagram a 90-second description of the charges against him, as much as we know. And how he had sex with Stephanie Giffords in 2006. And in 2016, his lawyer, these are the allegations, paid Stormy, uh, Stephanie, $130,000 to not talk about it. And the left, in their Trump derangement syndrome, claimed that that payment, because it helped with his campaign, should have been disclosed as a campaign expense. And it wasn't. So that's a campaign finance violation, which is usually just a dumb $10,000 fine. And you're like, oh, well, that's not a crime. Oh, but the crime was... Because Trump in Manhattan, his business records don't say pay off porn star prostitute lady. And the expense was labeled as lawyer fees. So that's falsifying business records, right? Total joke in every possible way. This is targeting, targeting a person and looking for the crime. There's no question about that. And every honest person knows. And we talked a lot about that in last week's Politics by Faith. But anyway, I made a, a 90 second uh, Instagram video about it. And all the comments are like, oh, Slater, you're a liar. <laughs> like, what? Like, what did I get wrong? What are you talking about? They said, oh, he denies ever having sex with her. And I got to be honest. I, I was like, really? I decided to look that up. I didn't, I didn't, I did not know that. Uh, and sure enough, he does. He denies ever having sex with Stormy Daniels. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come on. Donald Trump's sexual exploits have been famous for decades. Embraced by everyone, including him. People forget that Trump has always been one of the most famous people in the country. Certainly in New York City. Famous and loved. And the most famous headline about him ever. One of the most famous headlines of all was a New York Post front page headline, 1990. It was a giant picture of Trump's grinning face and the big headline in little letters that said, Marla boasts to her pals about Donald. And then in big giant letters, best sex I've ever had. With Donald Trump's picture on it. And he loved it. <laughs> of course he loved it. He was married to Ivana at the time. They got a divorce a year later. The story goes he was on a skiing trip in Aspen with his family and he arranged for Marla Maples to meet him there. Now, he says that Ivana and him were no longer together at the time, whatever. The point is, Trump loved the attention. There was a writer for New York Magazine. He met with Trump during all this. Uh, let me quote, Taylor recalled, that's the writer, that Trump was relaxed and was impressed by the level of media coverage that the breakup of his marriage was receiving. Trump told the reporter that he had, quote, never seen anything like it in my life. One day, it was eight pages in the tabloids. Even the New York Times is doing it. One of the papers had 12 reporters on it. This New York magazine writer felt that Trump had understood that though there was no such thing as bad publicity. And Trump was, quote, able to spin the story like he was the irresistible macho guy that was being chased by these blonde beauties all over town. Barbara Rez, who is his construction manager of Trump Tower, said that Trump thought the headline was, quote, the greatest thing. Because that was a famous moment. So we're supposed to believe that, that this didn't happen? He was also on Howard Stern's radio show a lot. Remember, everyone loved Trump. Everyone loved him. And he was on Howard Stern all the time, and he would talk about sexual things. Now, they talked about having sex during women's menstrual cycles and talked about his daughter's body and said the perfect age for a woman is 30. He said he went on like a date with a girl who was 21 talking about doing her algebra homework. He's like, that's awkward. So he's 30 is the best age, but never after 35. Talked about having sex with multiple women at once. He said his first, first time he had sex was 14. Stern asked him if he believes in sex addiction. And Trump said, no, I believe people like sex a lot. People like you, people like me. Tiger, Tiger Woods. Look, I like sex, so do you. So he said, he said, one of the perks of owning the Miss Universe pageant is being able to walk backstage when the contestants have no clothes on, just inspecting the operation. 1993, Stern came back from a break and said, Donald asked me during the commercials. And I don't think you mind me saying it. He says to me, so you don't get it on with anybody? And then Stern says, I said, I'm really faithful to my wife. And Trump goes, you're kidding, really? What's that all about? And then Trump said, I can say to Howard's wife, that's true. He did say that to me, it's great. And then Trump says, I was acting faithfully to my wife for many years until I realized the marriage wasn't gonna work. Okay, you get the idea. Okay. So what's really going on here? Lust can destroy your life. Speaking of Tiger Woods, there's a great biography of him jeff benedict it's just called tiger tiger woods it's great you have to read it. it's it's fantastic book uh tiger of course on the clear path to win more majors than any golfer ever and then his sex addiction destroyed his life he didn't just have affairs it was constant constant non-stop 
And his rationalization was, this is what he said, I've worked hard my entire life and I deserved to enjoy all the temptations around me. I felt I was entitled. And thanks to the money and fame, I didn't have to go far to find them. It's the same with Trump. I heard a line the other day from Chris Rock. Chris Rock said, men are only as faithful as their options. You take a man and have a bunch of women throw themselves at you because of your money, fame, whatever. Men are only as faithful as their options. I think that's true among non-Christians. Why would a non-Christian not? Right? Why, why would a non-Christian, why would someone who's not a Christian not have sex with as many women as possible? Like, now, the temptation's there for everyone. I'm not saying Christian men never cheat on their wives, right? But if you're not a Christian, what's even the problem? Tiger Woods' uh, dad was a sex addict as well, destroyed his marriage. You know, all the dalliances that Woods had, the one that made it all come crashing down was he kept sleeping with a waitress at Perkins. <laughs> Tiger and his wife would eat breakfast there. And, and his waitress would be the woman he would routinely cheat on her with, among literally thousands of other women. And Tiger's sex addiction destroyed his career. And it was this interaction with Stormy Daniels in 2006 that no one thought at the time would lead to the first president being indicted 17 years later. Right? There's no way Stormy Daniels and Donald Trump were talking to each other and any of them were like, mm, this could lead to a grand jury indictment in Manhattan <laughs> because, you know, you're going to be president. and there's, I've Like, no. They were living in the moment. And it's so foolish. I do not want bad, lustful decisions to be the cause of a downfall for any of us. Now, to be clear, this will not be the downfall of Donald Trump. But still, I love some of these insights from Jordan Peterson about sex. His point is that sex has never been free. You know, birth control came around in the 60s, which is not a long time span in human existence to have this new technology, we'll call it. And he goes through how this is a, a technological triumph. It's like the hydrogen bomb. It's the transistor. It's a massive transformation in human interaction because women are now free from involuntary reproduction, which has never been the case in the history of the planet. And the response to that was in the 60s, let's party. Because the number one reason, again, not, I'm just talking about not Christians here. The number one reason for not engaging in sexual intercourse is gone. You can now have sex and not get pregnant. So in the 60s, it was like, well, let's just have sex all the time. And that's how some our men were able to convince women in the sexual revolution uh, to support abortion for that exact same reason. So now here we are 50 or so years later into this experiment of promiscuous sex all the time, whenever, whatever. How's it going? How's it going? Let's do an audit. Been doing a thing for 50, 60 years. Let's, let's reflect. How's the sexual revolution been going for everyone? I'm being serious. We created this moral code over... I don't know, last 200 years that says you should not have sex until you're married and then keep sex inside the confines of marriage. Now that's the Bible, right? So it's been around for thousands of years, but let's just say in America, we've been working really hard for 200 plus years to have that be our cultural standard. No sex till marriage, then only sex in your marriage. It was really hard to build that cultural norm. To build a society around that was very difficult. And of course it wasn't followed by everyone. It wasn't perfect. But then the 60s came along and we completely threw it out the window. And we're like, oh, let's try this new thing. <laughs> okay, well, how's it going? Is everyone happy? Women happier? Anyone happy? Are marriages stronger? Are marriages stronger now that 
Most people have this belief that you should have sex before marriage to try it out with this person before you marry them. Marry them. Test the sex to make sure it's, it fits. Make sure you're going to have a good marriage. Yeah, is that good? Is it going good? Good, good experiment? Has it been good for kids? All the broken families that have resulted from all this? Are everyone, everyone doing well? Turns out that sex is a bit more complicated than we thought. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID 19, the Trump Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we still don't know what to do with sex in our post-sexual revolution world. We still don't know. Now, the Bible has the answer. The Bible says you have sex when you're married and then with whom you are married to. <laughs> That's very simple. But the world can't grasp that. So, so there's just like, it's game on. And it's like, well, can you have sex with coworkers? Yes, no, maybe. Uh, can you have drunken sex with someone at college? No, yeah, but no, but you do, but don't. Can you have sex with a porn star and then pay your money to not talk about it when you run for president? Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. There's no rules for that, really. I don't know how you can have this sexual revolution and then all of a sudden come in with a bunch of rules. Because the Bible has pretty clear rules. We threw them away. So now we're trying to reinvent it. Today, there's this whole thing about consent. So right now, the deal is that a woman can have drunken sex or whatever with a man. And then later, the woman can regret it and call it non-consensual. Non-consensual assault or rape. What kind of is that? I mentioned alcohol. On the point of alcohol, Jordan Peterson says, if you want to get rid of campus rape, which I think is a thing we'd all want to get rid of, he said it's very easy. You get rid of alcohol. One of his greatest uh, focus of study, Jordan Peterson, was on alcohol. He said 50% of the people who are murdered are drunk and 50% of the murderers are drunk. And it's the same thing with date rape allegations, right? Everyone's drinking. But college campuses are all about a giant party. No one wants to change that. Some more self-destructive behavior. Here's a good line from Jordan Peterson. We want it both ways. We want to be able to do whatever we want, whatever, with, what, with whoever we want, whenever we want, with no consequences, 
and we want there never to be any trouble about consent. It's like, well, no, that's not going to happen. I don't think that sex works very well outside of committed relationships. I don't think there's any evidence that it does. There's a strong proclivity across cultures for, for the enforcement, social enforcement of long-term monogamy. And there's reasons for that. And I think you deviate from that at your peril. I lament the lust in the world. This is our lament section. I know I've mentioned this before. I really can't stop thinking about it. So I have to do it again. We don't truly understand because we're living in it. How much our culture bombards your soul with more inputs than any human in all of history. There's never been anything like it. It's the difference between if all of human history were people walking alone in the woods today, we just live in a nightclub. We're living in a nightclub bombarded with sound and flashing lights and pew, 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 and that, like whatever that is and just crowds and our souls are living in a nightclub and we never know it. It's just, we're just living like this. And then we're after a while, we're like, why, why do I have a headache? So here's, here's my example. And I know I've shared this, but people of our grandparents' generation, they maybe never saw a naked woman until they were married. Think about that. When you spend two minutes on Instagram or 30 minutes at the gym, you see more skin of a woman than our grandparents saw in their lifetime. That is amazing if you think about it. What young girls wear today is outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Wife and I were at a hotel recently. There was a prom. And the dresses that the girls were wearing, they were so short, they weren't even trying to hide their underwear. You know, like like the last couple of years, girls' dresses are so short. But, and they're like walking like giraffes on their high heels. They can't even walk properly. And they're pulling their dress down. They're like constantly pulling it down. It's like, what, what are you doing? Like, what, just wear a longer dress. Right? They're constantly, they weren't even trying. It was just coming up like above their hips. There's, here's, your, here's my underwear. Kids are viewing porn as young as five years old. Giving kids iPads. What do you think they're seeing? Nine-year-olds about the average age of seeing pornography. But even younger than that are inappropriate everything. Our souls are being calibrated towards lust from a very early age. Again, Trump was 14 when he first had sex. That's going to mess with your wiring. So I lament. I lament all of this. I lament this, this sexually explicit culture we live in. The other thing I lament here is in politics. I wish I'm annoyed at the witch hunt. I'm annoyed at the witch hunt. The last episode we did about Trump was all about the weaponization of the federal government against you and anyone they want. I lament the witch hunt. I also lament self-destructive behavior. If you're playing with fire, you're going to get burned. That's just, so I was just like, oh, like, what are you doing, people? I guess the new expression is play stupid games, win stupid prizes. It means if you do dangerous things, don't be surprised when bad things happen. And there is a precedent to this in the Oval Office and certainly in the Bible. But first, before we get to the historical perspective and biblical truth, I want to tell you about Public Square. It is a fantastic app. It is booming. It is growing. It is incredibly impressive. So the point is stop doing business with people who hate you. Stop doing business with companies who hate you. You saw what Bud Light did the other day with Dylan Mulvaney, this guy who's pretending to be a 12-year-old girl. It's like, what are you? What, what? So 
There's all these woke companies out there. Stop giving them your money. So I'm opening up the app right now. So we use this app all the time. It's on the front page of our phone. And uh, we use it like, instead of Yelp. Okay, we're hungry. We're out. Where do we go? Okay, well, let's hit near me. And restaurants, boom. And here are all these restaurants that are in this app that have made a commitment to five values. And you can read the values on their website, publicsq.com. And every business on this app commits to those values. So you know that you are doing business with people who share your values. And that is incredibly powerful. It's incredibly important. This is a society-changing, country-changing app right here. And it's totally free. What a resource. PublicSQ.com is the website, and it's a free download in the App Store. Let's get to the historical perspective, because there's nothing new under the sun. So again, no president's ever been indicted, but Trump didn't commit a crime, right? There's no crime here. But that's not to say that no president's ever or has never committed a sexual sin. Bill Clinton, of course, with his intern, he was 49, she was 22. JFK was a deviant, like one, like, a, like one of the worst imaginable. Mimi Alford was one of his mistresses. She was 19. She says he would force her to give oral sex to other men, including his own brother and, and other White House aides. And he would give her drugs and knock her out. Just like horrific stuff out of JFK. Warren G. Harding, president in 1931, not only had a mistress, but got a woman pregnant when they had sex in the White House coat room. She said, she talked about what happened, and let me quote the New York Times. This is what she was called. She was denounced as a degenerate and a pervert, accused of lying for money and shaming for waging a diabolical campaign of falsehoods against the president's family that tore away at his legacy. And years later, DNA testing proved that she was telling the truth. How about Grover Cleveland? You ever heard of this one? 1884. He was the governor of New York at the time. The claim was that 10 years earlier, he fought. So this, he's running for president. The claim is he fathered a child with another woman. She was then sent to the insane asylum and the child was adopted by another family. That was the accusation. He admitted it. But he's like, yeah, well, I was a bachelor at the time. She claims it wasn't even that innocent sounding. She claims that he, Grover Cleveland, raped her and then promised to ruin her if she went to the authorities. She stepped too far and he put her in an insane asylum and had the child taken away. Okay. None of this stuff, none of this sexual issues are anything new, even to presidents of the United States. What a shame. Now, I know it's very easy when talking about lust to go to David, but there's a little known line in the story of David, which I think is really important to know. Because just like, like, this is my whole thing with all of these sexual things. It's like, oh, like none of these are necessary. None of this is necessary. And we can avoid these same problems. And I think this one line from David is, is really good advice on that point. So we'll go to 2 Samuel 11. I'll start in verse 2. One evening, David got up from his bed, walked around on the roof of his palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. And the man said, she is Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. Okay. So then David 
it sounds like Grover Cleveland and, and Warren G. Harding. Uh, David called her husband back from battle. And the point was to get him to sleep with his wife so then he could pass the kid off as his. But the guy wouldn't sleep with her. Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel uh, and Judah are staying in tents. And my commander Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I would not do such a thing. So he like felt bad for his men. Like, I'm going to go back and enjoy the comforts of home. And my men are out there fighting. I won't do it. So then David's next plan was to write a letter to his commander to put Uriah in the front lines of the next battle. And he wrote a note and he gave it to Uriah and said, give it to Joab. And Uriah walked the letter to Joab himself, handed it his own death wish to Joab. And Joab followed through and Uriah was killed. And the last line of that chapter says, the thing David had done displeased the Lord, to put it lightly. So then God spoke through Nathan and rebuked David. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed you over Israel, David, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I've been with you all this time, man. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with a sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. That last line's great. That's why David later says, against you and only you I sinned. This was a rebellion against God. And then David's life was destroyed. From that point forward, his life was destroyed. Nathan says, this is what the Lord says, out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you. God destroyed David's life. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to the one who's close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret. But I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. And from that point forward, David's family was a mess. He was talking there about his son. His son slept with all of his dad's wives and concubines. His son raped his, his sister. So David's son raped one of David's daughters, his own sister. And David didn't do anything about it. His son killed his, one of his brothers. His son tried to take over the throne, betraying his dad. It was awful. terrible story. And then the son that was conceived that day died seven days after being born. It's just the worst. Now, here's what I want to share with you today, because you know that story. Second Samuel first, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, the first verse. It says, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. The Bible makes a point. When kings, when, when the kings go off to war, David didn't. He shouldn't even have been at home. He should not have been in a position where he could have even seen a beautiful naked woman in the first place. Let's go back just a little bit. When the people of Israel begged God for a king, Samuel was like, mm, bad idea. <laughs> and here's all the bad things that a king's going to do. I'm telling you. Don't want to do this. He's going to take all your stuff. A king's going to send your kids to war. And when that day comes, 
You're going to cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. So he's like, listen, be careful what you wish for. But check out this line. This is um, 1 Samuel 8, verse 19. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. So he gave him David. David didn't do it. David did not go out and fight the battle. He was at home looking at naked women. Now, this wasn't the moment. It wasn't like one, like he was great and then one bad thing happened. David had a massive harem. The Bible said that David's son Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And that for Solomon led to terrible self-destructive consequences. First Kings 11, 4 says that Solomon grew old. His wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord, his God. So to please his wives, Solomon got involved in sacrificing to Molech in the world. So you see the theme here? Lust will lead to self-destruction. One way or the other. Whether it's the result of an unfair, politically motivated witch hunt. Or the destruction of your marriage. Or your soul along the way. Lust will be your downfall. No matter how well you think you're getting away with it. David should have been off to war. Yes, but even before that, he let lust take over his heart. That's why Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and then you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. David was all about indulging his passions, his lust. He had no sexual restraint ever. He planted that seed of lust in his heart a long time ago. And it just built and built and built and built into that moment. Of course, when you plant that seed, it's going to create bitter and destructive fruit eventually. And I just so desperately don't want that to be us. So what's in my control? Stop feeding the flesh. Paul says to make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Martin Lloyd-Jones says there is a fire within you. Never bring any oil anywhere near it. Because if you do, there will be a flame and there will be trouble. There's a fire within you. Keep the oil away from it. The Bible says to deny the flesh. 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is of this world. So kill it. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee youthful passions. Flee them. Pursue righteousness, righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Another episode coming up this week, we're going to talk about the mortification of sin. The Puritans talked about this a lot. So you kill the desire for sin and then you replace it with. So here, this, that's 2 Timothy. Flee the youthful passions and replace it with X, Y, Z from a pure heart, faith, love, peace, etc. So what's in your control? Cut out everything in your life that even leads down the road to adultery. Anything that inflames lust in your heart, cut it out. Cut out your own eyes, cut off your own hands, have nothing to do with it. Even from the most practical level, I don't want you to put yourself in a position that people who hate you can use it to destroy you. I don't want you to even give those people that pleasure. But obviously, mostly it's about you. It's about your heart, your soul, and your eternity. And if you're in a position of power, watch out for the harlots who are coming after you. That harlot is a storm 
that is coming to destroy your life. Get it, Storm? Stormy. Don't do it. Proverbs 6.25, do not desire her beauty in your heart. Do not let her capture you with her eyelashes or whatever else she's flashing your way. Again, we'll talk about mortification of sin in a, in a couple of days here. We're going to talk about it on the TV and we'll put it here on the podcast, but we must hate sin. We have to hate it. We got to pray for a purified heart, a pure heart. There's been, you know, there's a lot of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. That's great. But Jesus says, blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. That's positive. And maybe on the outside, we can look the part. We can look like we're not lusting, right? And we feel good about it because other people don't know it. But God calls for us to have a pure heart. God sees everything. And in the sight of God, this lust is disgusting. That's the sin of the heart. The Puritans called it the plague of our own heart. Pray to have a purified heart. And if you do that, your chances of self-destruction decrease dramatically. And that's what I want so desperately for you. So what's our final thought here? Before we do that, Patriot Gold Group. I bought gold from Patriot Gold Group. I guess there's two arguments here. First, why buy gold? Second, where buy gold? So why buy gold? It's been around a long time, right? Uh, I don't know how much longer the dollar will be around. Gold's been around longer than the dollar. And our dollar is becoming absolutely worthless. Absolutely worthless. That's the first thing. Then, why Patriot Gold Group? I'm sure there's other places to buy gold. I bought from Patriot. It's talking about people who share your values. That's one thing. But it could have been easier. Like, it's shocking how easy. I thought it'd be a process. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it'd be this whole thing. But it was a piece of cake. Like, gold shows up at your door. Like, geez. They also have a no-fee-for-life IRA. Like, you feel like Solomon. You're like, wow, I have gold in my possession. Uh, also, give a call and talk about the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold or silver. And you could qualify for a no-fee-for-life IRA and qualifying rollover. So get a free investment guide, 888-617-6122. 888-617-6122. I believe it is wise to invest in this. And if you're going to do it, Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs, top-rated gold IRA dealer, six years in a row. 1-888-617-6122. PatriotGoldGroup.com. So what's our final thought here? I'm a big fan, of course, of the Billy Graham rule. Never be alone in an office or anywhere with a woman without someone else there. Well, of course, you can't be alone when there's someone else there, but you get the idea. That way you can be above reproach. I love this term. I said it earlier. The goal is to be the kind of person where if someone says, oh, Charlie cheated on his wife with Nancy or whatever, everyone would say, what are you talking about? That is impossible. And not like when there's a murderer next door and they always interview the neighbor and the neighbor's like, oh, I don't know. He seemed like a pretty nice guy. I'm, you know, No, no. I mean, everyone's like, no way. Like you're way off, man. You have no clue. Like that's the person we need to be. It needs to be if an accusation like that is made, it is the most absurd accusation that anyone's ever heard in their life. And the Bible talks about that. Acts 25, Paul says, when he had arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him that they could not prove. <laughs> they couldn't prove it because everyone's like, what? what are you talking about? They weren't true. Be above reproach that no one could even make 
such an accusation. 1 Peter 3.16, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. 1 Timothy 3.2 talks about overseers of the church being above reproach. Now it's overseers, but why can't that be a standard for all of us? Because we're all overseers of our family and other people in our lives. So let's be above reproach where no one could ever make an accusation. They'd be laughed out of the room. They'd be put to shame when they make such an accusation. Let us be men and women of such unimpeachable character, men and women of such integrity that we are always above reproach. My final, final thought is let's pray for that and pray to protect our souls. First Peter 2.11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against what? Your political ambitions? No. Which wage war against your soul. Guard your soul from attack. Thank you for listening to Politics by Faith. Patriot Gold Group, Public Square, thank you to our sponsors. Please leave a review on iTunes. If you can, that helps with our algorithm. And again, I hope this is helpful. This, this is because this, it's really about us. <laughs> That's one of the things I hope this has made sense with this show over time. That We start with a political thing, but then ultimately it's about us. All of this stuff is really about us. I hope we could put away the tribalness of Trump, this, that, whatever. All the, you know, well, you don't like Trump? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us. I don't want anything even remotely like this to happen to us. Politics by faith, like I said. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.